0: Welcome to Working the Word with Jonathan Vorce. Join us now for service already in progress at Lakewood Church of God. Luke chapter 4, let's start in verse number 16. I want to talk to you today for just a few moments about the mission of Jesus. The Bible said, And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. There was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah, and when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book and he gave it again to the minister and sat down and the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. Father, we thank you for your help today. Touch me to be able to effectively communicate your word. Touch our ears and our spirits and our hearts to receive. May our understanding be enlightened and inspire us to put the Word of God to work in our lives this week. We give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Today I want to talk to you a little bit about the mission of Jesus. Before I talk to you about the mission of Jesus, I want to mention to you that Jesus had a purpose, and Jesus had a vision, and He had a mission. A purpose is, why do I exist? That's what your life's purpose is. We ask ourselves that question, why are we here Why do we exist? The vision is, what will my life look like in 5, 10, 15, 30 years from now? And the mission is, how am I going to do this? How are we going to achieve what we feel like the Lord has for us? So a person's life mission is the guiding force behind the direction in their life. Now I'm a big believer in the fact that we shouldn't ever just exist. I think we should have a purpose. We should marry it to God's vision for our life and mission and live a fulfilled life. I don't think we just need to take up space. I don't think we just need to take up time. There's too many people banking on us or believing on us to be who God has made us to be. So I want to talk a little bit about the sequence of events in the life of Jesus. And we'll talk a little bit about His purpose, vision, and then we're going to break down this mission that we find. First of all, the Bible says in Luke chapter 4 and verse 1 that Jesus was led of the Spirit into the wilderness and verse number 2, the Bible said that there He was tempted of the devil. Now I'm pretty sure that God knew that when He was leading Jesus into the wilderness that He would be tempted of the devil. I don't think that God was trying to deliver Him from that temptation at that point. He realized that there was a journey that Jesus was going to have to take before he could get to the place where he could literally fulfill the mission that God had planned for his life. So he was led of the Spirit into the wilderness, and there he was tempted of the devil, the Bible said, for 40 days. Now we go down to verse number 14. The Bible said the same Spirit that led him into the wilderness Now, empowered him. The Bible said, and Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. Some people say to me, Pastor, why do I have to go through trouble? Why do I have to go through trial? Why do I have to go through tribulation? Why do I have to face these things? Well, it's the battle, it's the trouble, it's the trial, it's the tribulation that brings the anointing that's in your life to the surface. It's that pressing place. The wilderness is your spiritual threshing floor. It's where God squeezes all the junk out of you and the anointing begins to surface. And so Jesus returned after 40 days of being tempted of the devil, 40 days of fasting and prayer, 40 days of the enemy trying to misinterpret Scripture to him and shove it down his throat. After 40 days, Jesus conquered the enemy and the Bible said he returned In the power of the Spirit. Now the Bible said that when he came to Nazareth, which was the place where he was brought up, because the Bible said in verses number 14 and 15, that when he came out of the wilderness, that his fame went, he returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee, and his fame went throughout all the region where he was, and he was ministering and teaching in the synagogues. And then guess what? Then he went home. Then he went to Nazareth. He went to the place where he grew up. He went to the place where people said, Is not this Joseph's son? So he went back to the hard place, to the place where he grew up. And the Bible said, as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. And so we see that he declared his life's purpose there in verses 16 through 19. And we'll talk about that in just a few moments. Then verse 20 through 22, we see where Jesus began His public ministry. The Bible said, He closed the book and He gave it again to the minister and sat down. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on Him. And He began to say unto them, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. And verse 22 says, And all bear Him witness and wondered at the gracious words which proceeded out of His mouth, And they said, Is not this Joseph's son? So we're going to talk about the mission of Jesus in just a moment. But I want to talk a little bit about His purpose and His vision first. Because in order to understand the the mission, we have to understand the purpose and the vision. Number one, the purpose of Jesus is found in Scripture where the Bible said, Jesus has come to seek and to save those which are lost. That's the purpose of Jesus. Just cut and dry. I mean, we get into the Scripture. We can dig real deep. We can talk about eschatology. We can talk about end time events. We can use all the fancy words. We can do all of those kinds of things. But when you really boil it down, it's all about seeking and saving those that are lost. That's what it's about. Jesus Christ, the central figure of all Christianity, the man whose life is the pivotal point of history, said to us, The works that I do, you shall do and greater. So He commissioned us to continue living out the mission of His life. So in order to live out the mission, then our purpose must become His purpose. His purpose is to seek and to save those which are lost. His command to us is, Go ye. Into the highways and the byways and compel them to come in. So He was telling us to carry His purpose. Then His vision is this. His vision is He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That is His purpose. That's his, that is His vision. Not willing that any should perish, but that all should be born again and come into relationship with God. So with that said, we know that He's come to seek and save those that are lost. We know that His vision uh, is that not any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So we have to ask ourselves the question, then how is He going to accomplish this? How is He going to accomplish the purpose of seeking and saving the lost? How is He going to, how is he going to accomplish the vision of not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance? And the answer is this. He's going to preach the gospel to the poor. He's going to heal the brokenhearted. He's going to preach deliverance to the captives, the recovering of sight to the blind, and He's going to set at liberty them that are bruised and preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Jesus was faithful to church. Jesus came to the synagogue. He's not asking us to do something that He hasn't done Himself. The life and the purpose... The vision and the mission of Jesus was wrapped around the greatest needs of his day, and the greatest needs of his day was there were poor everywhere, there were broken-hearted everywhere, there were bound everywhere, there were blind everywhere, there were destitute and bruised everywhere. And so, what he was doing, the Bible said there in verse number, the Bible said there in verse number nineteen, that he preached the acceptable year of the Lord. Now when you study that out, you find out that what he was preaching was, today is a brand new day. In fact, he looked at them in verse number 21 and he said, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. So what Jesus was saying was, I've come to seek and to save, those that are lost. I've come to preach to the poor. I've come to heal the brokenhearted. I've come to preach deliverance to the captive, the recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, and it starts right now. That's what he was saying. Now... He was reading out of the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 61 to be uh, exact. He was reading out of Isaiah chapter 61 and in Isaiah 61 in verse number 2, the Bible said Jesus set the book of Isaiah down. He didn't finish Isaiah chapter 61 in verse number 2. He stopped at preaching the acceptable year of the Lord. Well, if we go over to Isaiah and we continue reading where Jesus stopped, we find the next phrase that says, the day of vengeance of our God. So he went and he said, he said we've got the acceptable, quote, year of the Lord, and then we have the, quote, day of vengeance of our God. What he was saying was, we don't have to talk about the day of vengeance right now. Because we are entering into the acceptable year of the Lord. We are entering into a period of time. We're entering into a time where my power and my grace and my anointing is going to permeate the atmosphere of the earth and people are going to be changed and healed and delivered and set free before the second coming of the Lord. Because the day of the vengeance of our God speaks of the tribulation period. It speaks of, so what Jesus was saying is, we're entering into a new season, into a new dimension. Now, let's talk about the mission of Jesus here. So, what was his mission? First of all, he said, I've come to preach the gospel to the poor. Did you know that it is God's will for us to go into the highways and the byways and to compel them to come in? That is scripture, that is what the word of God teaches us. When the Bible talks about preaching the gospel to the poor, this is talking about outreach. It's talking about missions. It's talking about evangelism. And yes, it's talking about focusing on numbers. Some people have a very difficult time when we talk about numbers. They say, well, all they're interested in is the numbers. Heck yes. Because numbers represent souls. When you say, I just wish they'd quit talking about numbers, what you're saying is, I wish they'd talk about, quit talking about how to win souls. No, 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 no. Some people, say, some people have said to me, well, I just don't want to be part of a big church. Then you're in the wrong church, honey. You know why? Why? Because we are so consumed with winning people to Jesus Christ and turning them into fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ as disciples that a symptom of that work is church growth. You couldn't stop it if you tried. Why? Because the church that is doing the work of Jesus Christ will grow, it will thrive, it will grow. People will give their life to Jesus. People will learn how to become a fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ. They, it will become reproducible. It will become duplicatable inside of their heart and inside of their life. I tell people, if you don't want to be part of a large church, just sit on the first five rows and don't look back. That will work for you. So I'm just going to tell you right now, just so you know, around here, yes, it is about numbers. Because numbers represent souls. It's not about saying we have a megachurch. It's about plundering hell and populating heaven. It's about winning lost people to Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, Jesus came and the the Bible said here that He's called us to preach the gospel to the poor. And then the Bible said to heal the brokenhearted. Healing the brokenhearted speaks of ministering hope to the hopeless and life to the lifeless. That's what it talks about. Ministering hope to the hopeless and life to the lifeless. You know, sometimes life just happens. Sometimes life just happens. I mean, life is difficult sometimes and sometimes we go through trouble and sometimes we're shattered and sometimes we're broken and sometimes we're torn and, and sometimes we don't know where to go or what to do and we just, we get blinded by the pain. And the Bible said that Jesus has come to heal the broken hearted. Jesus is a master at taking broken lives and putting them back together again. He's a master at adding the right people to your life at the right time to minister health and healing and wholeness. You and I, every single one of us, are called to a life of peace. Peace is nothing missing and nothing broken. And Jesus said, I have come to heal the brokenhearted. And I just want to tell you this morning, if you're broken, Jesus wants to heal you. He'll meet you at the place where you hurt. He'll touch you where you are hurting, and He'll put your life back together again. Then Jesus said, part of His mission is to preach deliverance to the captives. Not everyone starts out. In fact, no one starts out thinking, I'm going to live my life in captivity. No one does that. No one starts out saying, you know what? I think I'm just going to be an addict for the rest of my life. No one says that. When we're growing up, we have all of these visions. We think about all of the things that we need to do. We think about, oh my goodness, when I'm 20 years old, God's going to be doing this. When I'm 25 years old, God's going to do that. When I'm 30 years old, and when you're young, you just go to 40 because, you know, 40, anything after 40 when you're 15 is old. Right? All right, and everyone over 40, just look at your neighbor and say, that ain't old, that's not old. Forty's not old. No, no, no. In fact, find a young person and tell them, say, 40 ain't old. (laughs) Oh, there's a lot of audience participation here this morning. (laughs) All right. But nobody starts out saying, you know what, I just think I'll live as an addict for the rest of my life. No one starts out thinking I'll be in captivity for the rest of my life. And you know, there's all kinds of bondage. There's bondage to drugs, alcohol, promiscuity. Those are the things that automatically come to mind. But what about living your life in bondage to pride? Oh, pastor, don't get in our stuff. Yes, I'm getting up in your grill right now. What what about living in bondage to pride? Did you know pride will wreck your life? Pride will destroy you. Pride cometh before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. What's a haughty spirit? Well, they don't know my gifts, they don't recognize my they don't recognize my value. That's a haughty spirit. You wouldn't be nothing if it wasn't for that right there. You wouldn't be nothing if it wasn't for Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody raise your hands and say, Thank you, Lord, for Calvary. Come on, Lord, I thank you for Calvary. I thank you for the cross of Jesus. So there's There's all kinds of of captivity. There's all kinds of addiction. So people are in bondage to pride. And and the Bible said that the anointing was on Jesus to preach deliverance from that. Some people are bound to the past. They're bound to the success of the past. They're bound to the failure of the past. They're bound to how life used to be. Well, let me tell you something, honey. That was then and this is now. You're never going to go back there. You can only go forward. So cut it loose. Turn it loose. Well, you don't know what they said about me. Well, who cares? You don't know what they did to me. Uh, who, who cares? You, you know, how long are you going to carry that? How long are you going to let them keep you in bondage? How long are you going to let someone who, who doesn't even care about you control your life? Right. Right. Cut it loose. Just go. Psh, psh. Lord, I give you my past. It's gone, 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 gone forever. Lord, I just give you my past. I'm not living in captivity to the hurt. I'm not living in captivity to the pain. I'm not living in captivity to the betrayal. I'm not living in captivity to those things. Lord, I know that your thoughts toward me are good and not evil for the rest of my life. God, I know that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and God's you delight in their way. And so, God, I'm giving you, from this day forward, I'm giving you my life. I will no longer let my history stop me and rob me of my destiny, but I'm going to press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. The rest of your life can be the best of your life if you let God be involved. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah preaching deliverance to the captive, So God, set me free from my past, from failure, from the success of the past. Father, set me free from faulty thought patterns. Set me free from thinking wrong. Set me free from allowing my mind to go in the wrong direction. Father, I pray that You would just... You know, it's this battlefield in my mind. And and God, I want You to win. And so God, just set me free from those things. So then the Bible said that the spirit of the Lord was upon him for the recovering of sight to the blind. Now I'm sure in the scripture that Jesus probably primarily was talking about physical blindness because we go through the scripture and we see where Jesus made clay of the spittle and put it on the blind man's eyes and told him go wash in the pool of Siloam. We see where blind Bartimaeus was crying out to Jesus and saying Jesus thou son of David have mercy upon me and Jesus healed him and told Him to go and and testify about it. And there's different places in the Scripture where we see that Jesus did this, right? right? We can find that. So I'm sure that Jesus was probably talking about physical blindness. But what about not being able to see our way out of a situation? What about being blind to the direction that we need to go? What about standing here and saying, God, I don't know what you want me to do. There's a door open there, and there's a door open there, and there's a door open there. What about not knowing what to do? Lord, I pray, God, that you would just, you said that you would recover the sight to the blind. God, you'll show me the path of life. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Your word I will hide in my heart that I will not sin or miss the mark. Sin is the willful transgression, missing the mark. Lord, your word I will hide in my heart that I will not sin against you, that I will not miss the mark. So God, guide me in the right direction. When we talk about recovering of sight to the blind, there's a place in Scripture where the Bible said that lost people are lost because they can't see their need of a Savior. And that we should pray that the scales would fall from their eyes so they could see that they need Jesus. So when he says the recovering of sight to the blind, maybe that's spiritual blindness. Jesus said, the anointing is upon me for that. And many times we cannot see where to turn because we're blinded by our own opinions. Woo! Thank God there's plants down here today. I've got something to hide behind. <laughs> We're blinded by our own opinions. No, it has to be my way or the highway. Well, I found out that highway gets rough sometimes. Now, what about this? Let's just say God's way. Let's just find God's way. Let's just look for that, okay? So Jesus can help you navigate through the course of life. Then Jesus said, The anointing is upon me to set at liberty. Them that are bruised, those that are broken, those that are shattered, those that are torn, those who are going through depression and oppression and mental anxiety. And I realize there are chemical things, but there are there is a, an, a part of this that is also spiritual, and we need to pay attention to both ends of it. So we'll take care of the spiritual side, and we'll let the medical community take care of the other side. Okay but let's not neglect the spiritual side of it. When Jesus received that crown of thorns upon His head and the blood began to flow, that was for the cleansing and the purification of our thoughts. What He was doing was paying the price to set you free from anxiety and from mental anguish and from treachery and from pain, mental pain and, and the depression and the oppression that the enemy sometimes tries to put upon us. The Bible said Jesus came, the Spirit of the Lord was upon Him to set at liberty them that were bruised, beaten, shattered and torn. And I want to tell you right now, I've been pastoring for a long time. We've been pastoring, Donna and I have been pastoring since 1993, and that sounds like just yesterday, but I figured it up the other day, and it's a while now. So we've been pastoring for a long time, and we've been through some things, and we've been through some very painful situations, and I can tell you from experience, Jesus can heal you where you hurt. I said He can heal you where you hurt. I'm not talking physically. I'm talking spiritually. He can heal your broken spirit. He can heal your shattered soul. He can heal you when you've been betrayed. He can heal you when you when your life appears to be shattered and, and torn apart. Jesus can take those pieces and through the anointing that God put upon Him, He can put your life back together again and listen putting you back together is one thing but living in liberty is another and the bible said that he would set at liberty them that are bruised so i'm not just healed but i'm motivated hallelujah i'm looking with joy to the future again come on that's what he's saying I'll put your life back in you. I'll not just put your life back together, but I'll put life back in you. I'll put purpose back in you. I'll put vision back in you. I'll put mission back in you. I'll put all of that back in you. And you'll dream again. And you'll trust again. And you'll believe again. And you'll receive from me again. He said, I'll set at liberty them that are bruised. And then the last thing he said, he said that he would preach the acceptable year of the Lord. So what he was saying was, Hey folks, this starts right now. That's what he said. We are living what Jesus started. Woo! We are still living in the days of the book of Acts. The book of Acts is the only book in the New Testament that doesn't have an ending. Why? Because we're still living in the days of the apostles and the prophets and the evangelists and the pastors and the teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edification of the body of Christ till we all come together as one body in Christ Jesus. And so Jesus started the church. We are the church. He's the head of the church. And we are the church, His body, the fullness of Him that filleth all in all. And as long as as the church remains, until Jesus returns, as long as the church remains, we should preach deliverance to the captives, the recovering of sight to the blind, set at liberty them that are bruised, preach the acceptable year of the Lord, binding up the brokenhearted. We should do that because we are the body of Jesus Christ, the church. What I'm telling you is this. You don't have to wait another minute to experience the mission of Jesus inside of you. You don't have to wait another minute to break free. Come on. You don't have to walk out of here today depressed and broken and torn and shattered and busted up. You don't have to do that. Jesus paid it all. All to Him I owe. Sin has left that crimson stain and His blood washes whiter than snow. There's an old song we used to sing in the church. There is a fountain filled with blood. Remember that, Greg? Drawn from Emmanuel's veins. And sinners plunge beneath that flood and lose all their guilty stains. In the Old Testament, The blood of the sacrificial lamb would cover the sin of the people. But in the New Testament, the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world doesn't cover your sin. It cleanses it from your life. It washes it away. And He remembers that sin against you no more. So what I'm telling you this morning is the power of God is in this house to set you free. The power of God is in this house To cause you to dream again. To cause you to live again. To cause hope to rise inside of you again. Those of you that are watching live stream from around the world. And I know you're there because you communicate with me. I'm telling you right now. God is moving in Pakistan. God is moving in Pakistan. Pakistan shall be saved. India shall be saved. Florida shall be saved. Your family shall be saved. Hallelujah. Come on, give Him some praise. Give Him some praise. Hallelujah. Yay. Hallelujah. Come on, jump to your feet right now. Jump to your feet right now. We're going to trust God and we're going to believe God to touch our families right now. If you have an, a, an unsaved loved one, would you just lift your hand right now? Just keep it up. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, Father, we call these unsaved loved ones the heirs of salvation. Father, I pray that the love of God would chase them down today. God, that the scales would fall off of their eyes, that they would see their need of a Savior. God, let them mark this moment Let them mark this moment. That it's the moment that you revealed yourself to them. And Lord, I pray if there's anyone in this place today that doesn't know you as their Lord and Savior, God, I pray that you would reach down and with love and conviction draw them close to you. We give you praise for that. In Jesus' name. Charles, let's have a little worship course here. Come on. Thank you for joining us on Working the Word. For more information, go to our website at www.suncoast4 and that's the number for Jesus.tv. You may also write us at 12637 Pony Lane, Hudson, Florida 34669. Or you may call us at 727 856 1770. Our office hours are Monday through Wednesday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Thursdays, 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. And remember, the word will work if you work the word.